This is Don't Panic, episode number 378, recorded January 15th, 2024. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on Gadgets, the Internet, you. I'm Sean Jennings, joined by a man who likes to get his ice cream at Cold Stone Creamery. It's Colby Rabidou. Good evening, sir. Hi, Sean. And I even, I even had a pun ready for McDonald's, um, <laughs> which is where Dan would get his food, because uh, I just think that sounds funny. McDonald's. That sounds nice. Is Cold Stone Creamery still a thing? Can you still go go there and have them squish up your ice cream for you? Yeah. They they and it's still vastly overpriced. Absolutely, nice. I always like those weird paddles they had. The smushers, and you gotta get that cold, the Cold Stone. You gotta get that that cold granite. You know, that's funny. I never made that connection that there was a rock. <laughs> I saw the look. I'm sorry. I saw the look on your face when I said that. And I'm like, I don't think he ever put that together. <laughs> no, I thought the I thought the name was just you know it's like obviously it's cold because it's ice cream, but uh. well, I think there's a there's a cold stone knockoff. And I, it's I think it's called marble slab, <laughs> like in the same vein of like, um, yeah, it's marble something. Uh, and they do the same sort of mix in, mix in concept. Yeah, marble slab creamery. So is the idea that like, wow, that's so many questions now. Is is the rock like chilled so the ice cream doesn't melt as much when it's being smushed? That's exactly the idea. Wow. And was that the who invented the the cold stone? Do they have a pat? Well, obviously they don't because this other company is knocking them off. It was Chester Coldstone. <laughs> um, so you knew uh, if you set me up for that. If you asked me who invented, so no, I'm going to the Wikipedia page here. <laughs> company was co-founded in 1998 by Donald and Susan Sutherland, who sought ice cream that was neither hard packed nor soft serve. Um. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, Cold Stone derives its name from the frozen granite slab that employees use to fold mix-ins into the ice cream. It's now the sixth best-selling brand of ice cream in the U.S. Wow. Could, can you buy Cold Stone ice cream like outside of a Cold Stone store? Hmm... Or is it just it's just best-selling no. because people go to so many Cold Stone creameries? I believe that's the case. Good for them. Oh, look here. In, in, on the Wikipedia page, in 2023, an Oregon employee lost three fingers when the rotors of an ice cream machine pulled the towel she was using and her hand into the machine's blades. Gross. I'm looking yep. at the closest Cold Stone creamery. Oh, there was is one much closer to me than I realized. Where is that? It's like a block away from my house. I've never seen that before. Oh, weird. Well, now I kind of want some ice cream. Ah, uh, damn! I don't have any for you, unfortunately. That's sad. What's your favorite kind of ice cream, there. Sean? 
That's your go-to. Oh, Hmm, that's a good. You know, I don't eat a lot of ice cream. Admittedly, it's it's for me. It's a it's much better as a once in a while treat. There's a great. I'll shout out a great local uh, ice cream maker. They make it fresh right here in the area called Batch Ice Cream, and it's wonderful. And I just like to try new flavors. Um, I, I'm not a big chocolate guy, but I will do any kind of uh, graham crackery, coconutty, um, pe- not necessarily peanut butter, but like. Um, fruits, um, any of that. I, I wouldn't say, I guess if I had to go to like your basic mix of ice creams, coffee ice cream is pretty mm-hmm. bomb. And that's like, you got to go to friendlies, you get the coffee fribble. That's where it's at. Nice. Nice. When I was a kid, I used to, um, I would have a bowl of, of uh, coffee ice cream and then I would take like a jar of maraschino cherries and I would pour the juice out into the coffee ice cream. And so it would be coffee ice cream and cherry juice. And <laughs> it was fair. I don't know if it's still good. Maybe it's just one of those things you like as a kid and you're like, that's disgusting. I haven't tried it in many years. So I could see it. Honestly, I haven't had coffee ice cream in, in a long time. It's good. Very New England. What, what do you usually gravitate towards? We, so we have two, there are two ice cream. Usually we get ice cream late at night when we've decided we want ice cream at Sperm at the moment. There are two places a person can go and get ice cream. One is the corner store across the street, which has like, you know, it's like, it's like the, the selection is the same as the, the, the cafe at Marist where we used to go and get ice cream late at night. It's like Ben and Jerry's pints, uh, which are good. I like Chunky Monkey. I've been on a Chunky Monkey kick recently. Um, Mm -hmm. But the the other option is JP Licks, which is kind of like a local Boston ice cream store. And they, I feel like in my head anyways, their bit is that they have many flavors of cookies and cream. So they have like peanut butter cookies and cream and like coffee cookies and cream. And they have, uh, I think it's salted caramel cookies and cream, which is outrageously good. So that's the, that's the, that's the bespoke option is salted caramel cookies and cream. That's the only kind of, the only flavor I ever get there. Cause it's, it's, it's too, it's too good. Sounds fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Now I wish you see. Now let let if you have you don't have a lot of kitchen space. Uh, we've talked about that before. Would you ever get an ice cream maker? You if you ha- if you had the let's say you had a beautiful huge kitchen. You will actually uh, at some point. Do you think you consume enough ice cream to to invest in an ice cream maker? Uh, we do have the KitchenAid ice cream maker attachment bowl thing, which works okay. Uh, the problem with it is that uh, you have to put it in the freezer. Like you have to put the bowl in the freezer like for 24 hours or something. And then you can use mm. it in like our freezer is, is even smaller than our kitchen. So, <laughs> I mean, as most freezers well, are, but like in a relative <laughs> sense, the freezer is quite small. Well, nice cream too is a, 
sometimes a bit of a spur of the moment snack. You don't want a day's notice on your hankering. Right, exactly. You really have to plan ahead. You also have to like uh, most of the the re- we've only made it once or twice, but like the recipes for the like the custard or whatever, like you have to make that the day before too. Like that's supposed to like sit for a day. So it's like a double whammy of um, planning ahead. Hmm. But it is pretty good. Yeah, ice cream for me is it falls in that category of things I technically could make at home, but I know would never even come remotely close to professionally made stuff that pizza's like that for me. Like I've always wanted to try like, oh, I see everyone making pizza at home and it's I'm sure I could. I'm sure it's possible, but there's no way it would have come even close to just going and getting a pizza um, that I might as well just go get a pizza, you know? Right. Yeah, like. I feel like pizza, especially there are like multiple things to learn or at least one thing to learn, which is dealing with the dough. And then, yes, you probably need some some specialty equipment, like at least a pizza steel or something. But yeah, that was I I have a coworker who got one of those like fancy standalone pizza grill things Like, like an uni and. Yeah, one of those. And they were like, Sean, I hate it now that I got it because I feel like I have to make pizza all the time to justify it. (laughs) Um, And I'm like trapped in this piece of like conundrum I can't get out of because I see it sitting there and I'm like, damn, I guess we got to have pizza again because he spent (laughs) like I don't even know what on it. Yeah, they're they're like multi thousands of dollars, right? (laughs) Oh, it's crazy. absolutely crazy like i said you have to be a professional pizza chef basically to to need one of these things was that a pun uh no (laughs) certainly not intentionally certainly not intentionally nice well you know what someday sean we're gonna have a pizza slash ice cream party and we're gonna make all oh i love that idea that pizza of the month slash ice cream of the month Right. Right. You can bring your granite slab and we'll uh, smush some ice cream and make. I will try that. I would try it. I'm just going to go to my local Cold Stone and like watch them for several hours. (laughs) I'm sure they won't mind. You know, really get the technique down because you can get get an ice cream and just sit by the counter like watching, like film them with a camera. (laughs) Wait, wait, slow down. Can you slow down? Hang on. I, I need a. Guess as long as I leave a tip. Um, I, I was going to update you. Cole. I don't know how thrilling this is. I do have a technology story for the week. Um, sometimes we're we do these. Um, I'll try and keep the preface brief before I get to the actual topic. Uh, Colby, everyone loves their ISP. We know this. Okay, Comcast is the best. We're big fans. Mm. And mm-hmm. um, on January first, my bill went up. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I was at the end of a promotional period, so I had to do that song and dance where you call them and try and get a discount. And uh, thankfully, I did. It was a little painful, but it wasn't too bad. I got my bill back down to where it was, which was fine. But they said the guy said something that said, oh, by the way, we can give you a complimentary speed upgrade on your Internet connection. And it won't, it won't cost you anything. I said, OK, so I I never really thought about my Internet speed. Like, it's always been fine. Uh, it's not like anything's been slow or not working. And so actually I went in and looked. I was at 600 megabits 
they complimentary bumped me up to 1200 megabits. Which is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's almost a gigabit, basically. Uh, and I'm like, that's okay. But then I thought about it. I'm like, well, wait a second. Even at 600, the fastest I ever like tracked my speed was like at 150. Like I never got 600. And now they're bumping me to 12. And so then I thought, okay, I need to do an inventory of my networking equipment. My modem was six years old. And so, aha. So I invested in a new modem, Doxus 3.1, literally doubling the up and down uh, capacity on it. Plug this bad boy. It goes up over a gigabit. So I'm like, great. My internet's going to be flying once I plug this thing in. Takes me almost an hour to set it up with Comcast. I have gone from 150 all the way up to 300. <laughs> so it's it's technically faster, um, but I was very disappointed. And now I have to figure out where the bottleneck is um, because as I, uh, as I looked, uh, I have about 40 internet devices in my house. Um, so I would like some more bandwidth, please. And, uh, now I'm thinking like, gee, is there like some 200 megabit plan I can downgrade to and save some money? Like <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not getting my money's worth. So my next step is I got to get with Comcast and my, my suspicion it's the wiring in the house somewhere mm. um, isn't good enough to handle it. Uh, but I've got some things I got to test out. So do you is your. Do you have like an Ethernet cabled computer? Well, that's my next. I haven't tried it. So my uh, mesh Wi-Fi is capable up to a gig. So it's shouldn't be banned. But that's my next step is to just plug the laptop in directly into the modem. Um, but my guess is um, that's why I think I was only getting 150 before is I think something coming into it isn't right. Um, right. Even, even with the old modem. But uh, again, I, I got to investigate. That happened to me. I think that was like three apartments ago. I was paying for their gigabit and it just like, I never got more than like 400 up and they came out like multiple times and never made any progress, which was annoying. I think right now, I think I uh, pay for the plan that you are getting for free now, which is annoying. Um, <laughs> also, I'm just like, a good guy. Co- no, but you, no. <laughs> the key difference between me and you, Colby, is I pay for cable. Oh yeah. <laughs> so my bill is much higher than yours. They better give it to me for free because they're ripping me off on the damn cable. <laughs> well, you're you're mentioning your bill going up on January first prompted me to go look at my bill, and my bill went up three dollars. Uh, it seems. Oh, that's not. Just, just well, like just be careful because the they face. do. They do like one year promotional rates, and mine just happened to expire on the first. But that's because um, I think that's my new rates like a one year promotional rate. So, um, you know, that's. I, I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the show. It's not interesting at all. But I put very few of my bills on auto pay. I manually pay them every month because it's just my way of monitoring. Um, going on each company's website and actually like seeing what the amount is uh, because I've had it before where they've like sucked the money out of my account. And I'm like, wait a second, that's, that's not right. Yeah. 
That's not a bad idea. Um, but I'll also, where is it right here? I won't show you all the numbers, but this is my complicated budgeting spreadsheet where I literally mm-hmm. take a note card each month and I write all my bills, and all the amounts and like, that's my budget. Um, and all the money I pay. So very sophisticated. And I literally have years worth of my budget sitting here. <laughs> wow. This is, this is my filing system right here. <laughs> I like the This is why I don't have any money. Format. There's probably so much, uh, you know, you're probably saving a lot of money on paper just by using, you know, what smaller pieces of paper. What's funny is, so I write at the top of each one, it just says like January, but I don't put the year, which I learned a lesson when I had these near an open window once and they flew off my desk and onto the floor and got all scrambled. So they're kind of in order. Um, but you know, if I ever wanted to track the last couple of years, that the may numbers may not add up. Right. <laughs> nice. I, uh, so my nice. budgeting system is way more, um, it's like a feelings based budgeting system. Like I get a sense for like the amount of money in my checking account should never go down. Right. So there's like a baseline and like, you know, income, you know, I get paid like the number goes up and like my bills get paid and the number goes down. But like in general, the first number in my balance is ought to stay approximately the same over the course of the month and like the next month and the next month. And so if if for like a couple weeks you start seeing like a different number uh in in the checking account you know something 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 has gone awry there's a disturbance in the in the force that needs to be dealt with but uh you know sneaky bill increases of a certain magnitude don't tend to reflect in that in that system which is well that happened to me in reverse actually this past week which is funny you mentioned it because I basically do the same thing, right? Generally keep it the same in the account. Uh, suddenly $2,000 showed up in my bank account. And what I realized had happened was, not again, not to get too much into it, but I have two company credit cards. One I pay, one the company pays directly. And when I was doing expenses at the end of last year, I checked the wrong box. And so the money that should have been paid from the company directly to the credit card instead got given to me. So the company just gave me two grand. So I had to like call our accounting company or accounting department. I'm like, thank you for the money, but you need to take. So they're like, oh, just send it to Amex to pay off the card. We would have anyway. I've been like, great. How do I do that? They're like, you can mail a check. I had to write (laughs) a check to American Express and put it in an envelope, which felt Uh, very strange. And I'm like, is there any paperwork with it? Like to explain what it's for? They're like, no, just put in the envelope that just says to American Express. You just mail them a check. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, hopefully that gets paid. Yeah, apparently Amex is just that good. But it was I I was like, I'm rich and no such luck. Wow. The. Yeah, I've never I guess I've never paid a credit card via the mail. I remember my parents always talking about paying the credit card bill by like writing a check and putting it in the mail and sending it. But I, I don't think I've ever done it myself. Honestly, in the past year since we've been doing this like house stuff, I've I've written and mailed more checks than I have in my entire life. 
otherwise. I love checks. I love writing checks. It sounds dumb, but there is just something satisfying. I pay my water bill every month. <laughs> I could pay it online. I mail the city a check like a lunatic, and I just like writing the check. Nice. Just old-fashioned, I guess. The problem with building a house is those checks, I'm sure, can be pretty good. I'm writing $30 checks every month to the water department. <laughs> I'm sure it's a little bit different. Yeah, I mean we haven't we haven't gotten into the really big ones, but it, but it is definitely uh like you know you just like do some some double checking of your 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 balance before you before you put that in the mail. Um, the problem I have with checks is I always mess it up the first time. The first one, like I mm. go through double, which is fine because I don't write that many, but I go through double the checks and. Because uh, the first time I write one and I always make a mistake. Usually when I'm writing out the the just the number part, like the amount in numbers, for some reason I always mess that up. I think that would be the easy part. Yeah, I feel like it's like cursive. Like you'd never use it except for the one time you need to. Like how do I new how do I alphamerically write out a <laughs> number a dollar amount? One O N E T A. You know, you're like, oh shit. How do you spell? How do you spell hundred? Right. You never use it except for that one section of the SATs where you had to like write out that paragraph. Exactly. Well, what is it? Again, we're just talking. We're pivoting all over topics, but I think it's great. I think I read somewhere that um, California just um, made cursive mandatory. Really? Um, they they just they just signed a bill in October. Governor Gavin Newsom uh, amends the state education code to, to include instruction in cursive or joined italics in the appropriate grade levels for grades one through six. Mind you, a number of other states have actually removed it um, from because they say it's stupid and dumb. Um, hmm. I feel like I've heard it touted as a hand-eye coordination thing. Maybe not, though. Yeah, it says here... No, no, no. A a 2020 study from the Norwegian University of Science and Technology found that students writing in cursive activated different electrical activity in the brain as compared to typing. Well, compared to typing. And argued that young children should learn to write by hand successfully. Well, I guess that doesn't really... um, 17 other states mandate cursive, including Massachusetts. That's why we're so well educated. Uh, The law's author uh, said that the bill is intended to help students to be able to read and write in cursive with the benefit of being able to read primary source historical documents. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I do, you know, as an adult, I do read a lot of... uh, primary source <laughs> historical documents it has, has been a bigger part of my life than I well i love i love this quote from the bill's author because it really seems like it's a this guy problem quote a lot of historical documents going back two or three decades are actually in cursive i went on 23 and me looking for some family records and they were all written in cursive i just think this guy just uh this woman i should say um just just had an issue herself i don't know well, never fear, you know, maybe it's going to have a whatever the next generation after Gen Z, that's going to be their thing. They're going to be writing in cursive and none of us will be able to read it <laughs> like they're writing. That, that, do, that, that does seem like a teenager thing. Be like, <laughs> what is all these scribbles? You guys was a secret language. <laughs> no, it's just cursive.
<laughs> wow. I used to, there was a time where I was helping grandma flow balance. She writes, she would write checks for everything. So I would help her balance her checkbook because she was old and couldn't do the math. And she mm. writes in cursive and like old timey cursive. And I could not read what any of that was. I, I literally could. Um, what's this? What's this? Um, yeah, I, I don't, uh, don't miss that. Yeah. Uh, Anything else in the banter part of the show, Mr. Colby? The banter zone. Um, I don't think so. There's nothing like totally wild going on in my life. New Year, it snowed a couple times. That was fun. Yes. It snowed and then it rained a lot, so there's no snow anymore. Um, It's been weathery. Yeah, yeah, big weather situation. We're we're implementing a new system this winter where we take the car for walks. That's that's kind of relevant to the weather. It's like, oh, that's weekend. so sweet. Yeah, because last winter during the summer you had to move the car all the time because of street cleaning. So like at least once a month you have to move the car if you didn't go somewhere. But like. Last winter, I feel like we barely drove the car at all because you don't have, there's no street cleaning. So once you get a good parking spot, you just, we just left it there forever, like all winter. And then like when the summer came that the, it like exploded, <laughs> exploded on the highway. It was, it was very sad. And we brought it in. They were like, what happened to your brakes? <laughs> like they're covered in <laughs> rust. <That's, what? laughs> Um, so, so that's, that's, that's new yesterday. We, we took the car on the car walk. Um, yeah, I guess my life's not that exciting. No, I, you know, it's the little things. It's the little things. Have you taken the car anywhere interesting or just a round? No, usually just like around the blocks, like enough to scrape the goop off the brakes and like, Mm-hmm. It's just like are you just like stopping suddenly and yeah yeah that's what i do once there's no one behind me um you can kind of feel it like when you first start going and stopping it's like it's a little like mm. uh but then once you know once you've you've stopped once or twice it's, it's all all smooth sailing it's great um so that's fun Remind me to uh, be a very careful pedestrian in your neighborhood. Um, <laughs> they, uh, if I see so a man far, driving so very far, strangely, it always, it always stops. The so we have uh, out the window here. There is a large construction site that has been a construction site for honestly since before COVID. Like they started working on it like nine months after I moved here, and they have been working on it ever since. And it, it seems like they're getting very pretty close to being done. But in the process of this, con- of doing this construction project, they have like torn up and sort of like haphazardly repaved the road seven, eight, nine times at this point. Um, and so all summer it was pretty bad where there was like, there are just like huge like divots and like holes in the road. But as soon as it got cold, like all of them like doubled in size. So there are like huge dips 
in the asphalt where they like dug a trench and like covered it up. <laughs> um, but but the effect is like they're like inverted speed bumps and you can't see them. So, so people don't, you know, people like I know because I've driven through this intersection, you know, a do- dozens of times. So like I know that even though it looks like a clear intersection, you need to go like four miles an hour, you're, you're going to bottom up. <laughs> Um, but it is fun to watch people, you know, I don't know who there are, but they are, but in my head, it's usually a person in a, in a too nice BMW, like flying through the intersection, just like completely like bottom out on both, <laughs> like, both ends of their car. Uh, but yeah, it, I guess the point is, uh, it's dangerous for cars around here too. It's no, no joke. No joke. That's why you should always keep yours on a leash. Um, mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, good. Well, I, you know, let's we can pivot on over to tonight's main story. But before we do that, um, I do just want to mention uh, I will not be here next week for the show uh, because it is my company's national sales meeting, which I, for lack of a better term, run. Uh, I mentioned this because it's the one time of year I get asked by a large number of people I see rarely. Uh, Sean, what do you do when you're not at work? And I tell them I do some podcasts and they say, oh, uh, what are they about? And then I have to explain it. (laughs) And then some percentage of them will actually then look it up. And some percentage will actually listen to the latest episode, which will be this one. So if any of my colleagues are listening to the show for the first time, welcome. Uh, I think it's been great so far, I would say. And I think we got more great stuff coming. Uh, But I would like to welcome you. And encourage you uh, to uh, subscribe and keep listening. How about that? Yeah. Go OMG. And uh, there you go. And don't (laughs) tell anyone anything I say on the show. This is my little secret. Don't (laughs) report me to anybody. Uh, Okay. So, uh, Colby, we got a great topic for us tonight here. Um, We've done this basically every year on the show, which is great. The annual Consumer Electronics Show just happened in Las Vegas. Um, and it is a, a grand tradition for us to talk about some of the dumb and stupid gadgets that come out of CES. I will say, bad year for dumb stuff. Um, oh, I did a no. bunch of Googling, and it was a mix of actually interesting stuff. Uh, stuff that we've seen before, but is somehow still new, like they did. There was the um, laptop that's two screens instead of a screen. A keyboard was big this year, which I'm like, we did that like three years ago. Um and um, or a lot of like w- weird gadgets, but they were like not funny. You know, it's like, oh, it's a haptic gloves for VR. And I'm like, well, VR is kind of a real thing now, so I can't really say it's <laughs> stupid. I guess, it kind of, you know, it's like so. I, but I picked out some here in the rundown that we can talk about that I think are interesting, weird, whatever. Um, you see the rundown there. Is there any particular one you want to start with, Colby? Um. Definitely the keyboard case. <laughs> Again, another idea that I know for a fact I saw like six years ago. I really don't think this is a new <laughs> right. idea, but um, I'm going to throw up the screen here actually for those watching on YouTube uh, so they can enjoy it. Let's go to clicks. Ah, oh, so a new product from clicks. It is a physical keyboard to attach to your smartphone. It's pretty simple. It's a silicone case. Um, with a physical keyboard on the bottom, um, little bump, bumps on the buttons to sort of accommodate easy, um, and it just pops in either via Lightning or USB-C, depending on the device. Device uh, it's going to be available for 
iPhone 14 Pro, iPhone 15 Pro, and the iPhone 15 Pro Max at launch, costing you $139. The idea here is that, A, it gives you your, uh, some screen space back because you're not going to have that virtual keyboard on there. Um, and it's also things like shortcuts. Uh, there's actually a, a command key on here. You do like command space to open up spotlight search, command H to go home. Um, uh, and it's customizable as well. So um, you can use it to activate uh, third-party apps um, for this keyboard. It'll come in a few different colors, yellow, pink, and gray, um, with a uh, the keyboard is backlit. So mm-hmm. I don't know, not not a, a radical idea in terms of technology, but certainly a, a new way to use your phone, Colby. Does this... Uh, does clicks have any uh, appeal to you at all? It kind of does. Um, as I, I just picked it because it like it stuck in my head. It looks very funny, like the, you know, like iPhones nope. are kind of long, and then it's like an extra like two inches at at, <laughs> at the bottom of the phone, which looks kind of funny. But as you were describing the you know, like command space to, to open spotlight church. I was like, Oh, I, I super, I super want that. Uh, I feel like I remember when phones had keyboards. Um, but I, in, in the world where like your phone operating system could have keyboard shortcuts, my phone has never had a keyboard. So I don't know. I don't know. It might be kind of cool. Yeah, I think, honestly, I think this makes more sense on a smaller phone, because you're right. You don't want to take your Pro Max and make it bigger. <laughs> um, but if you have like a mini, I'm like, OK, you want the extra phone screen without the keyboard on it, and it only makes it a little bigger. So that makes more sense. I will say, though, I look at this and I to- that's to me the most interesting thing is the customizability of it. But then I'm like. Why wouldn't you just make like one row of slightly bigger buttons that are totally customizable that just aren't letters and like shortcut style? You know, maybe they have a small OLED screen under them so they can kind of customize what they look like and you can do all kinds of shortcuts and alt keys. I don't need a full keyboard because um, I think um, we've, we talked about what is it called? The activity button, the new customizable button on the side of the iPhone. I'm like, that's a great idea. Right add more of that um a full keyboard kind of seems a little a little much but also i think at 139 it's it's a it's a novelty you know i kind of want to get one (laughs) don't let me stop you i i think it oh i can't i can't find i've i've clicked through all the links in this article oh i finally found one that went to their website thank god I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but all the photos in the article are like at an angle or showing the keyboard. But on their website, they have a picture of like an iPhone wrapped to this thing. And it looks ridiculous. I'm sorry. It's so long. <laughs> this is like, it's basically like the old cordless phones, the really long ones you'd hold up to your head. Like, this is so silly. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. That's awesome. <laughs> and you get it in the yellow. It looks like a big banana you're holding up to your face. <laughs> this is just silly. <laughs> Make your statement. Wow. Well, that you can buy now, and they're they're going to be shipping soon. So um, as soon as February. 
So does Colby take the clicks challenge? I, I mean, I might. I, I'm not going to do it on the show. But <laughs> now the real question, though, is do I do I get uh, banana or um, gray? London sky. <laughs> London sky. It's the gray. Mike, what, what color is your iPhone? I think I have the blue one, like the dark blue. Probably banana. Oh, you got to do the yellow. It's going to look so bad. You got to do it. <laughs> that just does not make any sense. You, you got to put it. You got to put those together. That is nuts. It's going to be beautiful. That is nuts. Well, listen, you know what? If I can say anything nice about this project, it's it exists and you can buy it because we see a ton of stuff at CES where it's like coming next year and then it just never comes out. And this one you can like actually buy. So uh, I'll, give him, I'll give him points for that. It's real. Wow. Clicks. Good for that. Right, okay, Sean. so the first one gets a thumbs up from Colby. Yeah, you're up now. Uh, uh, I, uh, I want to talk about the, uh, the Perfecta grill here because I think this would go great with your clicks keyboard. Um, <laughs> it's it's, and I think it would go great. We were just talking about cooking. Um, this is from Sear Grills, a UK based startup. It's the Perfecta. Uh, it can cook a one inch thick ribeye steak in 90 seconds um, because it cooks it vertically. So you put your piece of meat into this thing, like a toaster and it uses <laughs> dual vertical infrared burners to cook both sides simultaneously. Uh, so there's no need to flip. The burners top out at 1,652 degrees Fahrenheit um, and can even ensure edges are crisp thanks to 360-degree heating. A built-in AI chef takes the desired doneness and sear level into account, calculating the proper cooking time and temp based for the foods. Um, it can detect the thickness of things like stick it, steak and chicken to prevent over undercooking, and the burners automatically move toward or away from foods as needed. Um it's got a quad core processor and a host of sensors to collect cooking data. Um, it also has oven and rotisserie models. So you can cook pizza and roasted chicken with ease. Um, and the great thing for you, Colby, I know this will be convenient due to the power of the burners. The perfecto runs on gas. So you just need a gas hookup for this. Uh, plus a 12 volt electrical cord. Um, it is uh, planning to ship in Q4 of 2024. Colby, I don't know if you've seen the price in the article yet. If you have, don't scroll down. Um, I, ha- I, I, I want to know what, what you think this, oh, I, I you're busting me here. Yeah. $3,500, although early adopters can get it uh, for a thousand bucks off of that. Uh, Colby, what do you think of the steak toaster? Uh, you know, why hadn't they done it before? Just make your meat <laughs> vertical. Make your, that's gotta be the that's the title of the episode. Make your meat vertical. I love that. <laughs> oh god. Writing that down. It's horrible. It's so oh. many levels. This this thing is rocking. But you know, boy, we've covered a lot of stupid cooking gadgets over the years on the show. Uh a lot of them. And most of them don't exist. Uh but I'm kind of like cooking meat is not easy. Uh, and 
If you can cook a one-inch steak in 90 seconds, it's 10 times faster. For me, it's like, I want to open up a restaurant with a couple of these things. <laughs> like, I'm going to open up a right. steakhouse and buy, like, five of these. Well, if you're cranking out $100 steaks in 90 seconds, like, you know, that $3,500 doesn't sound so crazy after all, does it? I I, I think it... You know, the science, you know, cooking it vertically, the science kind of makes sense. I get it. It's just like so unapproachable for the average person. Um, and you've got to just really cook a lot of meat for this to to make any like I they're <laughs> going to sell five of these. It's just like it's so impractical for ninety nine percent of. And I also think it kind of takes away the the like if the assumption is that this replaces your standard gas grill. It kind of takes away grilling is not fun because it cooks the meat great. Grilling is fun because you're you're grilling and you're outside and you're checking it and you're flipping it and you're doing the you know this is a, the microwave of for meat and that's not fun. <laughs> it's the microwave. Uh, it's the microwave. That's another good alternate <laughs> title. Damn, you're on fire. <laughs> you know the the the. Perfecta is just my muse, I guess. It's just lighting up that brain of yours. So the question, Colby, on the Colby feels good, feels bad scale, where, where's the Sear Grills um, Perfecta Grill come in? So bad. No one. Uh, so bad. Oh, really? No one has room for this. Um, yeah. I would I would love to eat a steak that was cooked vertically in a, in a you know, hyper toaster, but. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to run out and buy one. (laughs) No, no, you're not going to get on the waiting list. (laughs) No, Um, I was going to look and see if they have any other. The world's first AI powered grill. Ugh. Um, (laughs) Now, now it says it cooks pizza. Does it cook the pizza vertically? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to assume not. No, it just does it on a regular pan. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> i was about to say um yeah i think it's whatever anytime anyone does anything new i think it's neat i mean it's not the stupidest thing but you're right it's like so impractical um all right that was the perfecta grill uh colby which one would you like to do next <laughs> the, the the like robo projector Yes, the Bali, which actually I need to do a quick search in because uh, this was actually announced back in 2020. So we may have talked about it on the show. Yeah, I feel like oh, when, we I, did. when I saw this, we I, it felt familiar to me. What yeah, well, how about this? Episode number 264 recorded January 13th, 2020. Episode title, Bouncy Bali. Oh, um, my God, it made the title. It made the title, so it's been really memorable that year. Uh, the Bali robot is back now. I don't, I don't believe they ever actually like sold the 2020 version. Um, and I don't know if they'll ever sell this one, but uh, the Bali robot is back. So this is a little spherical-looking uh, robot pal that uh, goes around your house. Um, the new feature they've added is a projector built in. Uh, that can project things on the floor, the wall, or the ceiling. Uh, They say it's the world's first projector to automatically detect people's posture and facial angle 
and adjust the optimal projection angle for you. So in the video, they have things like um, playing a video on the ground for a dog to see, displaying a video call on the wall, showing a fitness video on the ceiling to somebody working out on the floor. In addition, it also serves as a smart home assistant, turning on the lights and dispensing dog food and texting people. Uh, it can also follow you around the house and greet you when you come to the door. So just a lot of really vague stuff. Uh, no <laughs> words on when it might be released or how much it might cost. Um, other than the fact that the Dolly uh, is back. Wow. So um, I got the video <laughs> playing here, but it just seems to wheel around and do stuff. <laughs> uh, I mean, I like it. I so my beef. I feel like a big missed opportunity with like Roomba and all of the robot vacuums is they're like they're not cute enough. Like maybe this is different now, but like you know, I had a, a Roomba met probably like five years ago now, and it like would talk but it talked in like the most generic like horrible computer to speak like text to speech voice like why can't you be a little bit more fun <laughs> more fun like you're this thing that like tools around like they need to hire someone from disney to like make it nice or something right um i feel like uh robots could be cool or or whatever stupid robots could be cute. And, it, I, you know, obviously this is probably vaporware, but it looks cute and <laughs> it looks cute in the, in the video. It's very nice. I do not understand what it actually does or has value. Like, all I'm imagining is this thing wheeling around my house, like randomly projecting shit on the floor and walls. <laughs> right. Playing ads. <laughs> yeah, be like, oh, I thought I, I thought you, you might want to watch an episode of The Office. It's like, no, I don't want to do that. Why why are you You know, it's it's just such a strange um a strange idea. I also like you know, obviously when they shoot these videos for these products, they design a space where it makes like my house doesn't have that many big blank open walls. Right. <laughs> I have popcorn ceilings, like you're not gonna project a nice image on you know? maybe, maybe that that could be one of their technological inform, in, innovations like how to project a, a legible image on a popcorn ceiling or just invent a robot that the the, the ceilingy and it scrapes the popcorn off my ceiling now that's useful i don't know what this thing does Bali. but it's silly but nobody i mean what was the one amazon came out with like a year or two ago that was supposed to follow you around the house and do things for you and then i don't <laughs> know that anyone ever actually got one i don't know i don't remember that didn't sony always have like a dog thing that was like oh so i think sony in like 1983 had one i mean they've been they've been the kings of just like <laughs> odd robot things that cost eight thousand dollars and nobody <laughs> bought right so, you know, again, it's just nice that we have an update on the Bali. It lives theoretically um, after after all this time. But who knows if we'll ever actually get it? Uh, let's Fingers see crossed. here. Why don't we why don't we talk about uh, something that theoretically may not be stupid? You're going to have to decide, Colby. I want to talk about LG's new transparent TV. 
Um, every year we get some kind of TD gimmick. Um, and LG really took the case this year. Um, now, it's not the first time transparent display prototypes have existed. This is the first time you'll actually be able to buy one. Um, it's the OLED Signature T uh, from LG, a 77-inch display that's transparent. It's a transparent panel. Um, so it essentially looks like your stuff is just floating in air. Now, it has a contrast film that with a push of a button can be raised that will make it look like a regular monitor. Um you lower it then to see what's behind it. Um, it's got some custom software that's designed for the unique display. Um, and there's lots of photos uh, here kind of showing what it looks like. It's kind of buck wild. I got to be honest. Uh, now, the reviewers who saw it in Vegas said the transparency on it is super cool. Uh, but when you put the screen up and it's a, like a normal TV, it just looks okay. Um, it's not as nice as a, as a real TV, which I guess makes some amount of sense. Um, and, uh, there is no, uh, they intend to ship it this calendar year, uh, but no price is listed. Uh, so (laughs) no idea what this costs. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't know if this is a good idea, if I'm okay, I almost can't totally honest here. Um, believe this is real. LG is finally bringing a transparent TV what it looks market. Like. Now, for years and years at CES, we've seen many prototypes of these screens. But with the new signature OLED T, T for transparent, uh, LG plans to launch a TV that people can actually buy this year. Very, very rich people, that is. Um, now, the OLED T is a 77-inch 4K. It does kind it of is look a con- cool. Used to make it look like a normal TV or lower uh, if you want to see what the, LG had is, a bunch of demos to show is, off. Is this sound playing on your computer, Sean, or is it on You can do th- Oh, can you hear it? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, <laughs> I muted the tab and did not realize that didn't work. I apologize to everyone who had to hear that. I am not editing that out. I, I, I hope it was, it was informational. It, it was kind of informational. Like, the video was on the screen. I thought it was my... I was, like, frantically searching through my windows. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry about that. Oh, my goodness. That's a good lesson learned, I guess. Um, To answer your question, it does look weirdly cool. I One thing I don't understand, though, is, like, do you... Like, all of the demo images are, like... You know, it's like a person singing and behind them is just like a blank background. It's like a black screen. It's like, do you watch regular TV on it or just just like. Like, what does it look like for a show where there are like trees behind people or something? But it it does look cool. Even in just the stilly pictures that they took is like, oh, that looks kind of cool. I don't know. What do you think, Sean? I think this is my favorite kind of gimmick. Like, to me, this is like, it's like foldable phones, where it's like the concept of them, I think, is cool. I'm like, that's awesome. And then, like, but I'm never going to own one. Most people <laughs> should not own one. This It has no real advantage in the real world, but the technology is cool. Some rich guy is going to have this in his house, and it's going to be cool, or you're going to see it on the wall in a shopping mall and you're going to be, Ooh, what's that? That's cool. Um, I, I just don't understand the practicality, but as a concept, I'm like, damn, that is like, 
it's, it's almost like when Samsung first came out with those frame TVs that look like art on the wall. Where I'm like, if I just had one of these on my wall, I would never watch TV on it. I would just play cool <laughs> shit on it um, just to look at. It's like it's more art than a piece of electronics. And that's great. I just, you know, this is going to cost $10,000 and you will never own one. And that's OK. I, I'm glad that they at least try to do crazy stuff like this. It's way more interesting than just another standard TV, you know. <laughs> Did you see um, in the last paragraph where they 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 say, like, we don't know at the price, but these are some of the prices of things. LG has announced at previous previous uh, CESs I'm like. I don't I remember talking about the rollable like OLED but I I did not I do not remember if we if we uh covered the $100,000 <laughs> that it costs to get the rollable OLED. Yes, and it's only a 65-inch set. Um that costs $100,000. So but also I I mean, that's stupid. That's a very dumb price. And again, I don't think they actually sold any. But um, (laughs) I get the practicality. Yeah, of the rolling. Yeah, because it's like for a space concern or, you know, imagine it upside down and it rolls down from the ceiling or something because it's you use the walls for other thing when you're not watching television. Like, okay, I kind of there's at least some usefulness to that. Not at that price. Um. But who knows? Give it up for them I trying. Guess, guess we'll see. Transparent TVs. The T. Well, they, my favorite question was um, where was it? Oh, um, the company hasn't decided whether it'll come bundled with all the side furniture or if it'll sell them separately. And I, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm like, if you look at all of these pictures in this article, it's in this like cabinet. Where there's like right. a, a proper amount of depth behind it, where I'm like, maybe this would look really stupid if it wasn't in this one very specific cabinet setup. Mm. Like it's backlit behind it. Right. Um, so I do wonder if you want to get the furniture with it. <laughs> like, because if you think about it, like in your house, you're just going to see like the wall behind it most of the time. Right. Right. It better be a good wall. Yeah, am I gonna have to like wallpaper behind my TV so it looks cooler? <laughs> this is this is a hassle. Damn you, LG. Um, all right, we got one more here. Uh, maybe the stupidest thing at, I saw in my research, um, and it's so stupid I don't even really understand it, but I did want to talk about it. Um, Colby, have you ever wanted to teach your dog to play music along with you? Um, yes, almost every day. Uh, good. Well, you're in luck because Hong Kong-based Zoo Gears is uh, was demonstrating the butter. No, no idea what it's called. That a four-key instrument with light-up pads your dog can play. <laughs> Essentially, the dog has to follow along with a sequence of lights, each one triggering another few notes of whatever song you've equipped it with. Once it's done, you can reward their effort with a treat or some other form of encouragement, uh, and eventually they'll want to jam alongside you. I am going to play this video. Uh, so you can see how bizarre this thing is in practice. <laughs> so you'll see the buttons light up for the dog to see. <laughs> the 
the dog gets <laughs> a little treat for barely stepping on the buttons. Uh, it started on Kickstarter. Um, it'll be available in the U.S. for $99, and you'll get the companion app as well. They're also going to be working on a second part, The Biscuit, priced at $2.99, which adds an automatic food dispenser, which is what was there in the video, um, wow. where they'll be able to feed themselves. The butter and the biscuit. I, <laughs> I'm just so confused because I'm like, I, I, I just, I'm baffled. <laughs> did you click through to their website no but now i'm very tempted in, so in big letters it says have you ever imagined dot 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 dogs can play music question mark and then under it, it says sounds like a scam question mark nope our <laughs> team bad is starring what what pets can do it's like, what what's What's the joke? It's uh, the the with the T-shirt where you know my my uh, my T-shirt says uh, anyway. Um, sounds like a scam is not a way to start your thing. That's not a scam. Um, no. Oh, and it's an Internet of Things device. Okay, hang on. Now I got to really see. Can your dog <laughs> use the buttons to do other things? Uh, the app. Oh my god! It's got a practice dashboard. <laughs> oh my god it scores your dog at how good they are on music wow you can add more buttons i'm trying to figure out yeah it's an internet things i wonder if you can program the buttons to do things other than play music because then maybe that's interesting but just right. uh trace your dog's music power your dog will tap into his or her endless potential the the first smart music instrument made for dogs. This sounds fake. <laughs> oh, here we go. So they they got here's a dog. Let's I gotta play a little more audio here. This is a dog playing solo. Well, first of all, you can tell they sped up the video, which is very strange. <laughs> but also, the dog is just standing on the buttons, which I think kind of defeats the purpose. <laughs> right. I I love this. It's pretty wild. Modular add-on design. Wow. <laughs> Did you notice the Beatles? It's it's like the Let It Be cover with one of the dog photoshopped in as one as one of the people. Well, what's incredible is they um, they earned two hundred and one thousand Hong Kong dollars on Kickstarter, which I don't know what that is in dollars, but it's a lot. So they they've sold them. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. Absolutely. Maybe we should well, do Colby. Kickstarter, Sean. I think that's the I'm just saying I I don't think it would be hard. We've definitely put it this way. Over the years we have had absolutely better ideas on the show than 
the number one world's dog music device. Honestly, your idea 10 minutes ago about a like case <laughs> with extra shortcut buttons is a pretty good idea. <laughs> but Colby, you, now now you can make it even better because it's it's an attachable case with extra button dot 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 for your dog. <laughs> And he gets a little treat. A little treat pops out after he pushes the buttons. Um, absolutely nuts. Uh, well, another CES in the books. Um, and that means another episode here is heading towards that direction. Uh, Dan, unfortunately, could not be here. Hopefully, he'll join us next time. Uh, I do want to tease up for debate, Colby. We just recorded a new episode last week. And we are back playing Dream Daddy, if you can believe it. Um, this time... Uh, our dad uh, goes on a date with Matt, who is the Australian uh, coffee shop owner. Uh, and oh, he takes them to a rock concert, <laughs> a, a, a hardcore rock concert, the mosh in the mosh pit. Um, and it, it was a hoot. Nice. We, we do lots of bad voices. <laughs> so you want to check that out. And I will, and I will tease Colby. We have some, uh, the next month and a half on up for debate is going to be off the damn charts. We've got our annual Super Bowl prop bets are coming up in a couple weeks. Um, and I know you saw the big announcement. Um, the people have asked for it. And now it's here. The movie league is back, baby. <sighs> Get excited. The draft tentatively scheduled for late February. Stay tuned. Um, our biggest event of the year is returning after a COVID induced hiatus. Um, so a lot to check out there. Enough for debate.tv, where we get podcasts. Of course, our show, dopepack.io is our website. The audio and the video are going to be there. Um, so you can check that out. Uh, subscribe wherever you get podcasts, and the videos on YouTube as well. And of course, you can get a hold of us. Dopepackshow at gmail.com is our email. You should email us there. Colby's given the thumbs up. Um, <laughs> uh, entirely baffled by. I, I gotta love when Mac OS has new additions. Um, some fun stuff. But uh, on behalf of Colby, I'm Sean. We appreciate you being here. We'll see you next time for another jam-packed episode of Don't Panic. This has been a Coffee and Beer production. Executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.